Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Organic Gardeners. And, of course, here he is, Doug Oster, Everybody Gardens. And we're going to get to... uh, that uh, man and all of his questions that he has for you and you for him. But I want to say if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you may win an amazing gift certificate from the folks out in Wexford at Sorgles. Got that Janoski's gift certificate to give away. So without further ado, from everybodygardens.com, the Tribune Review. You know them, you love them. The Organic Gardener, Doug Oster. Morning, Douglas. Well, they know me anyway. I don't know about loving me. They love you. <laughs> Hey, you know, I was at the convention center yesterday, and you just mentioned it. By the way, final day for the big travel show. Get down there and enjoy yourself till 5 today. AAA Central had a great time. Spent a lot of time there yesterday. Really a nice crowd. Good time had by one and all. But it won't be long before Mr. DeSantis rolls out the home show. Yeah, we're making plans for the home show. I'm going to be there a lot. Uh, that's my Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, Do you, you actually pitch a tent there? I've often thought of you like night at the museum, like in the convention center, like 2 in the morning eating popcorn. You know, I used to actually do the home show open to close. Uh, for like two years, I did it that way, and that was tough. You know, you, you got days that are ten to ten, but a lot, a lot of people have to go down there and do it open to close. I have to just go and talk like three times that one day, four times another day, two Ooh. times one day. So, uh, I have uh, good uh, shoes. I, well, gotta have good <laughs> shoes, but yeah. I've got uh, a really cool, and I can't announce it yet because uh, I haven't put it together yet. But I've got a really cool tomato seed I'm giving away this year. Uh, there at the home show. But, you know, I guess I'm going to go and talk about the tomato seed I'm giving away right now. Why not, Johnny Appleseed? <laughs> yeah. Um, my friend, late uh, gardening friend Dan Cummings, turned me on to this tomato. It's called uh, 3945. His friend, Joe Roberts, found it while he was actually in World War II during a battle. <laughs> and they were crossing some field, and it was just filled with tomato plants and they, he ate a couple tomatoes. They just like were eating like tomatoes like crazy. Well, then he saved some of the seeds off the battlefield and has been growing them ever since. Uh, and Dan in the day gave me some seeds. And so what I do is I give away this 3945 seeds. And if you want the information, you can go to either my, it's the first thing on my Facebook page this morning. And also, it's at Everybody Gardens, uh, and it'll always be there where you can just search 3945. And if you want some of those seeds, you just send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. You grow the tomato out. Then you save me some seeds and send it back. Uh, I've been doing that with this tomato for probably about five years now. I do it with some other tomatoes, too. But uh, it's just kind of cool that it was found during World War II, you know, and that somebody actually was able to save the seeds in in a battle. And bring it back to Pittsburgh and, you know, grow it out. It's amazing. So, uh, as I said, you could try, you know, a little a packet of seeds has about five seeds in it, and we'll send them out to you, and you grow it. Because uh, I am so excited about ordering seeds. I had a nice, quiet morning yesterday, and I was thinking, I saw something on, online where it was like somebody made up national sit with your... <laughs> Uh, seed catalog day. She goes, I just made that up. And I said, well, that's a good idea. I, and I, I was thinking about 
what it was that when I started from growing from seed that really intrigued me, and it was just the weird stuff you could find. And so, geez, for the past 20 years, I've been getting this catalog. It's called J.L. Hudson Seedsman. It is just the most amazing book. It has no pictures in it. It just has all this lists of seeds, and it could be for trees, shrubs, annuals, perennials, or vegetables. And I've got a bunch of weird stuff that I ordered yesterday that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I talked about what I'd ordered before was a Russian brown cucumber, which is going to be weird, and a beet called Three Root Grex, which is uh, a cross of Lutz Overwintering, Crosby Purple Egyptian, and Yellow Intermediate Mango Beet. And it makes these beets of different shapes and sizes and different colors and says in the catalog they're all sweet and tender, and the greens are good too. I'm just like, that is so weird. That is so cool. You know, you'd be pulling pink beets and red beets and white beets. Uh, and then uh, I started looking through the catalog, and I could I could seriously spend all day just reading that catalog uh, because there's so much information in there. Uh, I have a friend. Uh, I wrote about him, David Takelet, Dave Takelet, who loves hot peppers. And for him, I'm going to grow this pepper, and it's called, I don't know how to say it, Zygoli, and it starts with an X, X-I-G-O-L-E, Zygoli. And uh, it is this little itty-bitty pepper, and they're bright red when they're mature. This thing is a perennial where it comes from in, I don't know, some mountain somewhere, and extremely hot. Uh, and, you know, I love hot things. And listen to the quote here. This was in the catalog. I grew this for several years. This is from a customer, and it provided all my hot pepper needs with plenty of to give away. I liked it because I could carry over a plant or two in a sunny window. It carried on until Christmas and started blooming again as soon as I moved them outside for the summer. So for two or three years, this guy grew a pepper plant and then brought it inside and, you know, super hot. And, you know, when you think it's super hot, a lot of times the peppers are pretty big. Now, for a guy like Dave Takelet, no problem. But for a guy like me, <laughs> give me a little one. Just what do you what do you mix this stuff with? A little cracker? Every, a little no, no, cheese? anything I cook. Really? Yeah. So you don't eat them standing alone. They're in like some sort of recipe. Well, when I have all my hot peppers together at the end of the season, I have everybody over. Uh, my son loves hot peppers. Since he's a little boy, uh, he actually like a small kid. <laughs> yeah, he actually had a kind of a. Stomach issue one time when I gave him the hot peppers. It was not pretty. Doug, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I'll roast the peppers. First, I'll take all the seeds and stuff out because that's the stuff that kills you. But I'll roast them and we'll just sit there and nice cold beverage. Yeah, absolutely. He's old enough. (laughs) 30 something. (laughs) (laughs) And with some other friends and just kind of nibble on them, going from least hot to hottest. But what you're looking for there is the flavor. That's why people. How in the world can you have any flavor when this stuff is like blast furnace? You when when you cut out the seeds, Seeds. when you cut out the the flesh, when you just add a little bit, when you have just a little bit, yeah, you might get some fire. You might it might be painful for a little bit, but then you get that aftertaste uh, that that you can't get any other way. There's no other way, like like a habanero or a uh, I'm trying to Carolina Reaper. As in Grim Reaper. Yeah, that's what they call it. You know, Trinidad Scorpion. You know, these are all killer hot peppers, but you just put a little bit in something because, you know, if you're doing some eggs or something, you just put a little, a little itty bitty piece in there and you get a little zip. 
You just don't want too much zip for normal people because they'll start crying. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of that gift certificate is Mary Ann from Sorbos. You know the great thing about your wonderful sponsors? They never stop, and they're always trying to do good things, I'm, even in the dead of winter. I'm going to go up to Sorgos. I just saw that online they've got uh, a bunch of new houseplants and succulents in, and I have to do a story on succulents. So I'm going to go up there, and I, I saw all the stuff they had. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. You know, I, I last week I wrote about uh, these amazing roses, uh, called David Austin roses, and David Austin is the guy who who started breeding these. And it was all the way back in 1961 he released a climber called Constance Spry. And he, what he was doing was he loved the old fashioned roses, the fragrance of them. But there were some things in the modern ones that that he liked too. And so he he worked for all these years to cross the old and the new together. And that's what a David Austin rose is. And so just a little story about him and, uh, you know, his history. And it wasn't, you know, he got first rose in 1961. It wasn't until 1983 that his roses caught on. And now they're a big deal. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Doug Oster, everybodygardens.com. The Organic Gardener is underway on KDK Radio. Woo! So so if you wonder what the Organic Gardener and I were talking about, don't mess with my Medicare. Yeah, don't mess with my (laughs) Medicare. That's how old we are. Listen, are there new, by the way, the phone number is 866-391-1020. So if you've got the seed catalog and you're planning and getting ready to plant, I've often said people who live in those uh, climates that are warm year round, they don't have anything to look forward to, especially when it comes to the beauty of spring. But for you gardeners, that's something you anticipate. I know the countdown is underway. So anything on your mind, Doug is here. He's here every week. Get on the phones right now. Call us. They're all open. 866-391-1020. Is there always a new plant being discovered? Yeah, it's so funny because I was interviewing this guy from David Austin Roses. His name is Michael Marriott. He's been on the show a couple times. We've had him on, and uh, he's funny, funny dude. I actually uh, got to interview him when I was in England at the Chelsea Flower Show. But he's just, he he he's like he's like our age, well my age, and uh, he's like yeah, I know. Rub it in. <laughs> I'm three years older on I Wednesday. Don't, don't rub it in. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, 63. Wow. You are old. <laughs> Not as old as some of these plants we're talking about. But he gets annoyed at all the new stuff. He says he'll see these annuals come out. You know, it's brand new, but he goes, they're just ugly. Uh, I get caught up in that, too, the, the new th- the new stuff, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You have something. You got to have something new every year to... Kind of like, well, that's kind of cool. I, you know, I always try them out. Sometimes they are. They're fantastic. Sometimes they're like, eh, you never know. Yeah, but you know what's sad, too, and I've learned because of all you have taught me through the years, I appreciate these flowers and trees. And Davy Tree will be back with you on a regular basis coming up shortly. You know, the old popular tree, poplar tree that my father had as borders in his backyard, literally rows of them how that tree has kind of disappeared now. But the beauty of that tree in my youth and on a nice spring day, it kind of blowing in the wind as the leaves were starting to, you know, bloom. Uh, that's why it's so important to hang on to these things because you, you hate seeing a lot of them fall to the wayside and disappear so future generations don't get a chance we to had, enjoy We them. had a whole row of those in our front yard, but they're short-lived. I, I've never seen them ever since that time in Gallbranson Heights in New Brighton. It was, up. you know, that was, again, plants are kind of like fashion. And they come and go, you know. I did a story. I did a story at uh, out of the uh, Mid Atlantic Nursery Trade Show in Baltimore a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to know from professionals, like, what are something that you grow that you love that just 
hasn't really caught on that people should should grow. And I got a lot of great answers from that. And it, it's just like you don't know what's going to catch on. And then I actually talked to somebody who said they were growing a certain type of plant for all these years. You never could sell it. Nobody wanted it. And she said, ah, forget it. And then it became popular. <laughs> and you talk about people that are, uh, you know, living in a climate where it doesn't get cold. Right. I had a friend that moved to Florida, you know, when we were like 18, 19. And a couple years later, we talked and he said, you know what, what they don't have here is that they don't have that day that you walk out and something smells different. Yeah. And that spring is right there. It's right on the other side of those trees. They haven't leafed out yet. The sun's different. The angle and there's something that, that that smell blows in. It's like winter is on its way out and spring is on the way here. Yeah, but, you know, in defense uh, to all of my friends and brothers out there who do not like winter, I absolutely love it. I came out this morning to get in the car before 3 a.m., and it was snowing, and I kind of looked up at the clouds, and I would miss snow. And, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, what's wrong with you? But there's something about a fresh blanket of snow that's very calming, and, and I would miss having that uh, that steam for breath and that uh, little bit of that frost you, in the give air. Give me a winter like this one, and I, I don't care about winter. Winter's no, fine. Well, you know what it is. 38, you grew 40. Up, you grew up in an area where when it snowed, it snowed. I was talking about this last night. My wife didn't believe me, so I don't even know if my facts are accurate. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to get busted, but you know how it is. You look on the internet sure, and absolutely. something comes up. Blizzard of 78 in Cleveland. I remember Uh, remember a blizzard of 76, not 78. Yeah, we had a blizzard of 78 where it said windshield was 60 below. And she was just like, no way. (laughs) I'm telling you. But we were out of school in 78 for a week. And that's in a place where they know how to move snow. I mean, you know, if if you're out of school for a week in Cleveland, it's cold and there's a ton of snow. Uh, We were both saying she... She th- probably drove to her high school, and I probably drove to Kent State that day just because I didn't want to miss class, you know. But, of course, it was it was canceled by the time I got there. So, But, uh, see, to me, that would have been kind of magical, sled riding, spending time with friends. You know, yesterday I watched a PennDOT driver drop the blade just to kind of clean up the berm of the road. And I said, if I could use my razor that good, I wouldn't need a septic pencil. This this person was absolutely an artist at what he did. But I, I, don't, I think snow also gives the ground a chance to kind of take a bit of a nap before you all wake it up again. Well, that's, digging a, that's the it. only thing for, for gardening in general is that uh, snow is a great insulator. And so if we don't have snow and it gets really, really cold, that's always a bad thing. You know, uh, since I'm growing year-round and, and have stuff out in the garden, i got mustard greens out there and uh, some lettuce, uh, arugula, beets, a few other things, uh, you know, they're under protection. And with snow on top of these, like, of the plastic or the floating roll cover, whatever it is, that's a great, great insulator. Those plants can survive, but when it gets super cold, it just, nothing can survive. You know, Janoski's farm market expansion, so beautiful. They have the greenhouse, which is hooked on to that farm market expansion. I've often said, if I would ever hit the lottery, I'd build my daughter a swimming pool. She always wanted a swimming pool. But I always would love to have a greenhouse. I'd have you actually take care of it because I wouldn't know what I was doing. But there's something satisfying about in the dead of winter going into a greenhouse. Well, that's what I'm writing about this week, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, I had a uh, somebody reach out on Facebook saying they had inherited some money. Uh, they live in Michigan. And she's been growing, like me, trying to grow year-round different ways. But she's finally 
but she didn't know whether it should be a greenhouse or a hoop house. And what's a hoop house? Well, it's just like a a big giant half hoop, like that you could stand in, like ten foot ceiling. Okay. Uh, but maybe fourteen feet wide, and then who knows how long? Could be ten feet or a hundred feet long, and it's just covered in thick plastic. Uh, and so that I the the expert that we talk about all the time is is Nikki Jabor from Savvy Gardening. Absolutely. She, she has been doing cold weather gardening for 20 years. And so I just called her and I said, well, what do you think? Greenhouse or hoop house? And she told me the benefits of each one, which one was better and how she's growing stuff. And uh, it's fun to grow stuff during the winter. Listen, it's no longer there, but Emmerich's Greenhouse, which was uh, just adjacent to where I grew up at Goldbranson Heights. My dad worked in a mill, but somehow, some way, he had a green thumb. He could do anything. Planted a garden, great tomatoes, all that stuff. We would make the annual trip there on a Saturday when he was off in the spring. You know, Doug, I can still remember the warmth of that greenhouse and how amazing it was, even as a kid, 10, 11, 12 years of age. I just got a text from my wife about the blizzard. She says, wrong year, wrong temperature, fake news. <laughs> That's what we do. We're I'm going to research it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove it. I'll tell you what's fake news. I'll knock <laughs> the fake news right out of you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Get on the phone. It's time for you to talk to Doug. It's all yours the next 30 minutes to talk gardening. The Organic Gardener, Doug Oster, everybodygarden.com, Tribune Review, 866-391-1020. 32 degrees at Pittsburgh International at 736. Our next news at 8 o'clock. I'm Boris Shiloff on The Voice of Pittsburgh, News Radio 1020, KDKA. All right. Uh, thank you, Boris. Shiloff. Uh, now it's time to give away that gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton. Uh, if you are the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you will get that gift certificate. Everybody wants to talk to Doug, so let's get going and let's say hi to uh, Joe in Penn Hills. Joe, how you doing? Good morning. Thanks for holding on. Good morning, guys. Good hey, morning. What's on your mind? Thinking, I'm thinking about building a raised bed this year. Okay. Maybe four by eight. Okay. Now, do I use womanized lumber for the sides? Uh, no, you don't want to. Now, I did read some stuff that the the newer pressure treated wood isn't uh, isn't as much of a problem as the old one. But I wouldn't uh, not not for no, not 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 for food crops. And and I don't have any science to to back me up. Uh, I just you know something's in there. In my case, I would look for, and it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, you know, rough cut cedar is what I use. Uh, just the lowest quality as far as finish, but cedar will last forever. Uh, well, not forever, uh, but I mean, what it, about it's the bottom, Doug. Uh, the bottom, I just put, I just leave the regular dirt there. You know, that's oh. your that's your base, and then you fill up the the, you know where the wood is, you fill that up with compost and that, that'll work pretty well for you. How deep you want to make it? Oh, that's my next question. Well, at least, at least 12, but you'd like 24. If you could do it, 24 inches deep would be beautiful. You know, fill that with oh. compost. You'd have an, uh, instant garden. Uh, and that's a great way to grow. The advantage of, of, Raised beds is you get you again. You're throwing in that instant garden. Yeah, uh, they warm up quicker, but they also they dry out a little quicker. So uh, when you do plant them, mulch them up really good. And the other advantage is you're you're two feet off the ground when you're when you're down there on your knees. So it's a great way to garden. Any other questions about the raised bed? 
Oh, that's a great great idea, it being so high. No, mm-hmm. that's it. Thank you. All right, good luck with that. No, that's not the first time I've heard that phrase, and I even have a friend in Ohio who does that every year. Just, what is a raised bed? It just means instead of being flat, you know, just like uh, rototilling, just the flat ground there, you're building up. Okay. And so every year I'm adding compost to my beds, and so now they are, you know— 10 inches above just where the ground, the, level. The ground level. And uh, again, you know, it warms up quicker, but dries out quicker. But, you know, you got that good compost in there. Uh, that's that's what makes, gives you the green thumb. Uh, and, it, you know, the, when I first started doing it, I would put compost into this, that soil and dig it in, dig it in, dig it in. But now I'm just putting it on top and building up. All right, Julia, you're next up in Turtle Creek for Doug Oster. How you doing? Good morning. Thanks for holding on. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Okay. Uh, my question is, now that we have supposedly have a corn shortage, uh, I'm interested in how and where can I get corn to grow? Okay, so corn is not the easiest thing to grow. Really? Yeah, you know, you need a lot of space for it. It needs to be uh, planted in blocks. It's it's what we call wind pollinated. So that's why you always see these big giant fields of corn because the wind is is moving that pollen back and forth. And so you don't do it in rows, you do it in blocks, like at least four mm. by four blocks. If you've got the space for it, and it's a heavy feeder too, so you need good soil. Mm. And if you got if you got lots of space, uh, it there's nothing like homegrown corn. There's an old sa- there's an old saying when when you're uh, picking your own corn that the water's boiling before you go out into the garden uh, because oh it's delicious right as soon as you pick a, an ear of corn immediately the sugars start turning to starch um, that's why you know we go to places like Sorgles and Janoski's and these other places that have good fresh corn that is picked every day but if you've got the space and if you've got good soil you can get corn seeds anywhere. Uh, you know, uh, all local nurseries right now will have seeds out, and you could get some good varieties of corn that way. And again, it's it's about what kind of corn you want to grow. You know, some people like the bicolor, some people like Silver Queen, some people like some of the newer varieties. Uh, you know, but I haven't heard about a corn sh- shortage, so. Well, they're supposed to be using it for ethanol or something. I don't know. Oh, right, right, right. But that doesn't mean you can't buy good, you know, corn at a place, like I said, like a Janoski's, you know. They they just have mm-hmm. that, these farms, They that's their, the big thing is growing corn. You know, you got to have know. the, you got to have the first corn of the season and tell everybody about it. And, you know, it's it's one of our last really amazing seasonal crops left. But you could do it if you want to. You should you should grow some. But as, as I said, do it in a in a in a block, not in rows, so it gets pollinated. And you get lots of heads of corn and or ears of corn, and then uh, let me know where you're at, and I'll come over and I'll eat some with you. <laughs> so when you see these massive tracts of land with corn, what's the percentage year in and year out? How much of that stuff's actually edible? Because I mean, it, it's just as far as the it eye just can depends see. on it depends on who's growing it and what they're growing it for. That's all you know. When you yeah. go, when you you know, I, I keep using uh, Janoski's as an example because I know their setup. I, I I've been there. You have too. You know, most of that, if not all of it, is for us. But who knows how much you know is grown as feed corn? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a farm that needs to make 
money off corn is going to grow it for us because that's where the most money comes from. All right, time to get back to the phones. Doug Roster, everybodygardens.com, the organic gardener, Sunday, 7 to 8 a.m. Here's Ted and McDonald. Hey, Ted, how you doing? Good morning. Morning. Uh, hydrated lime and, and granulated lime. I had my ground tested, and they said to put so much lime. So we put granulated lime in the fall. In this last spring, I put put uh, hydrated on, and the corn got a lot thicker the stalks and 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 better ears. What's the uh, difference? When I was a kid, we used to get it in box cars at the farm, and we all we always used hydrated. But now they're saying granulated. What's the deal? Well, e- either one's going to give you lime. Either one's going to change your pH. Personally, I have always I've used the granulated to change it. But do you know what your pH is now? I mean, they just told you not how much. Since, to... Not since we put this on. We had a test in that. We, they said what how much to put on, and we did in granulated. And then, but uh, this spring or last spring, we had uh, I had some hydrated. And we at home we always use hydrated for the bug killer. That was our bug killer when I was a kid. Hydrated lime, yeah. Well, all I can tell you is that I've used the granular to change the pH, and you've seen the results uh, be- between it, you know. But either way, there go- it will change the pH for you, and that's an One, important. One's one's not better than the other, or to tell you the truth, I don't know. But okay. I could just tell you what I've used, which is the granulated. And uh, whenever you know what we're talking about here is every gardener should t- test their soil. Uh, to see where the pH is, because even if you've got a lot of uh, nutrients in there, if the pH isn't correct, the plant can't take up those nutrients. So that's what he was doing. He, he sent a test back to the Penn State Cooperative Extension. They tell him, hey, your pH is wrong. Add this much lime, uh, and it'll be better. And obviously it is, because his corn's doing better. All right, short break. We'll come back. Nothing like your corn doing better. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. All right, salt and pepper to taste, as Mr. Dentici says, with your butter. And don't forget, next hour, everything, you know, there's a great Pepper on your corn? Salt and pepper. All right. You've never had pepper on your corn? Butter, salt, and pepper? Butter and salt. Okay. But uh, garlic buttered rice, that's a recipe we could be discussing today. I'd rather garlic buttered corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do they actually grow garlic? No, you can't grow. I don't think think so. so. Okay, good. All right, we'll take a break. (laughs) That's why you're the organic gardener. And I'm the guy saying we'll be right back. Here she is. It's time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, our garden goddess. Good morning. Good morning. So I can actually say I was in Florida for Night of the Falling Iguanas. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Were they actually falling? Yeah, they actually, they sleep in the trees at night. And because it was was in the 30s, Below anything below forty, they kind of go into suspended animation. They were literally dropping like rocks out of the trees. Did you see anything cool down at that show? Tropical, what is it? TPIP, TP. Tropical Plant International Expo. Okay. So you know, we see all the stuff that they grow as you know landscape plants, which are pretty much house plants for us. But the one thing I saw, and I saw it on the very last day, it's a um, growing pot. Now, right now, it's only for growers, but I'm thinking if this really catches on, we'll start seeing it for everybody. It's made out of glue, and it's actually shaped like a very lacy pot is the best way to describe it. It is completely compostable. It is certified um, organic, 
and it can be used for plants and also for people who do hydroponics. And uh, if you go to, and I texted you a picture of it, and I'll put it on my page later, but it's very lacy and open, and it allows for uh, the roots to grow through rather than, you know, like peat pots, which, you know what, I've used peat pots. I've always found that I've had to slice them open yeah. so the roots can actually break out of it. This, the roots are going to grow right out. Hmm. It gives better oxygenation to the roots. This was, like, unbelievable, and it has a bunch of different sizes. And like I said, you know, right now, you know, it's for growers. As it goes, One company is actually using it for all of their products. And, you know, so I can really see this. And they don't have to worry about storage. It's, it's so lightweight. It lasts 12 months um, before it starts to break down mm. because that way they can use it for the hydroponics. But it's made out of glue. That's weird. I know, but you know what, you can, you know, they make sheets out of bamboo, who would have thought, you know, so yeah, that was the coolest thing I saw. Do you grow much from seed? Me? Yeah. I, I grow a good bit from seed, um, but I, you know, I I can do cuttings, you know, I've done propagation for years, and you can actually even use those for propagation as well. Um, but yeah, I grow from seed, It's it's too early, it's just way too early. Yeah, but I was just thinking, you know, it's just looking through the catalogs. I love looking through the catalogs and deciding oh, yeah. what I'm going to order. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing all kind of, you know, cool things. It's like, I want to grow this. And, you know, last year I bought a new system for growing outside, trellis system. And so this year I will be growing more that grows vertical as opposed to, like, I used to grow bush beans all the time. And I loved growing them, but my yield was so much better by growing a um, – the one I grew last year was emerite, and it is so, – Say it again. What is it? Emerite. E-M-E-R-I-T-E. A pole bean or a bush bean? It's a pole bean. Mm-hmm. And I – with this system, I actually – I think I planted six or seven plants. I probably harvested about 15 pounds of beans at wow. least – you know, we were like, got to go pick beans. There's more every day we were out there picking beans. Yeah, I like pole beans a lot. I grow a Cherokee Trail of Tears and some others, Kentucky Wonder, old fashioned ones, but uh, it's certainly easier to pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And easier to, you know, get your hand in there instead of, you know, kneeling down, turning your head upside down to see where the beans are on the bush beans. So that's why I kind of switched. And the lady who called about the corn shortage. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the corn she is talking about actually is grown specifically for fuel. It is not the corn that we eat. Thank you very much. So it's a different type of corn. I'm reading a text, Rob. Don't wave to me. One minute in the broadcast. One minute in the broadcast. Danielle Chapin from Chapin's Greenhouse wants a picture of those glue pots. She's interested in them, so I've got to deal with that, too. I deal with you. Can't you, can't you talk about sports or something? No, we got to talk about gardening. Yes, we do have to talk about gardening. If you would like a packet of the 3945 tomato seeds, the ones that were found on the uh, battlefield in World War II, just go to everybodygardens.com. That's where all the information is with the address and everything. Send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. That's where you can also join my Seed of the Month Club. We have a lot of fun on 
Seed of the month, uh, I send you a packet of seeds that I pick specifically for the season, and they got a monthly newsletter and all sorts of other cool stuff there. You know what I did with the last one you sent me? I went to the back porch, closed my eyes, ripped open the uh, label, and dumped them in the backyard, and they're actually something growing there. <laughs> seriously? Right yes, seriously. Wow. Thank you. I'm magical. Go ahead. <laughs> Take us home. Whether it's raining, cold, sunny, or hot, enjoy every day in the garden. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.